Hi everyone, what's your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I'm Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary thing in their life, how their mindset shift to help them achieve it. We discuss their story of success and the mindset that drive them into achieving the impossible. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. When you are just getting started, did you ever doubt yourself being too young, having too having no money, no experience, no educations, no nobody, or any other excuses preventing you from getting started? If so, listening to our podcast today, because it's not going to blow all the excuses away. But also your mind, Cody Davis. Thanks for coming to our show, Cody. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you? Awesome, awesome, Cody.、Uh, before we get started,、um, we want to do this crazy thing,、um, right? Because、uh, I see a lot of people around me, you know, just trying to get started and has been struggling to scale up,、um, right?、Um, the challenge that we're going to do today is we're going to Let you lay out the action plan、um, for our audience to take, and help them basically within like two years, trying to get them from nothing to have a million of net worth. Okay,、Sounds、yeah,、good. I mean we can we can do that. You say half a million, half a million. All right, you want me to start out with that, or you want to well, want to do that in the back half? Um, we will we will do it、uh, say in the next fifteen minutes. Before that,、okay. let's、uh, go through about your background and give a quick background, you know, introduction of yourself, and in case people don't know you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So my name is Cody, twenty two years old, based out of Seattle, Washington area. Born and raised in Tacoma, moved up to Renton, which is a suburb of Seattle, and then just most recently bought the biggest asset I've ever purchased, which is a, a small resort out of Mason County. And、uh, so I actually live on site right now, which has been a lot of fun. But started the journey a little less than three years ago with my very first property, and、uh, started in the multifamily space. Built a career off of buying seller-financed apartment complexes just here in Washington, my home state. And I started it all with three thousand dollars, no family and no friend connections. Well, if you have not. Have have not blown your mind already? Well, hear more, okay? Right, Cody started when he was nineteen years old, right? And no money, well, three thousand money, basically close to nothing, right?、Yep. And what market are you in again? Seattle. Yeah, so I I was born and raised just south of Seattle, about an hour with no traffic. Granted, it can be an hour. To drive from Seattle to Seattle, sometimes traffic's awful. But、uh, just just south,、um, probably thirty forty miles from Seattle, and now I, I live about forty five minutes from where I grew up in Tacoma. Wow, wow. So right,、um, you know, a lot of people around me was、uh, telling me right, Seattle is not really、uh, landlord friendly and things like that. Right, if you don't think Seattle is a good market. That 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 can help you succeed, right? Here is example, right? So if, right,、um, 
learn about how how Cody do do things and 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 and, f- and figure it out. Right? In in any market, um, at least most of the market, as long as you have enough traffic, you can succeed one way or the others. Um, Cody, um, that's that's talk about you know when you just get started, right? Um, yeah. What was the first deal look like? Yeah, very first deal I bought it was a twelve plex. So there was three fourplexes, one lot brick building. It was actually within a mile of Microsoft. And this was in central Washington. I'm not buying next to Microsoft in Seattle. This was central Washington because I I believe you should buy the biggest opportunity that you can afford to buy in the best location you can. And so I ended up finding this 12plex. It was listed on the MLS on the market for well over 500 days and it had never gone under contract. And so I was like, oh, this is an opportunity. And I didn't know what that market looked like. And so I had to do some due diligence. I did my research if the trends were going up or down and they were going up. So I was like, okay, it's an opportunity. Who are the employers? And in Grant County, which is where I bought my first place, it's Quincy, Washington. You've got Microsoft, Google, Verizon, Boeing. And so I was like, oh, this is not a bad area to be. A lot of data centers. And so, so I picked up a 12 plex and that was seller finance. I bought it, uh, the seller financed 90% of the purchase wow. and the down payment was essentially a 12% interest, hard money loan for the other 10% down. And I bought it with a signature. With a signature. Oh, basically you put in almost nothing, right? I put in well, absolutely nothing. And I actually got paid to buy it because I was a real estate agent and they offered a commission. So I got paid. Wow. Awesome. How how much was the property? It was a million one twenty five. And this is your first deal. First deal. You got to tell me what kind of mindset that you have when you were looking at, you know, uh, over a million dollar asset, right? Because a lot of people have been having trouble, you know, getting to such number or even just scare away with with those numbers. My mentor at the time who I had known for less than a year at that point in my career, he said the quickest way and the easiest way to become a millionaire is to borrow a million dollars and let someone pay it off. And in practical applications, like, oh, I borrow money and someone else bails me out. But no, in the the real estate business, you borrow money. And as long as you provide a great place for people to stay, they pay you and you can use that money to pay off the property. And so I was like, okay, it's a million one twenty five. Seller will finance it for me. Granted, I didn't know about seller financing prior to this. Like it, it had popped up and I got, I was given a book deals on wheels by Lonnie Scruggs by my mentor. And so I, I borrowed the book. I read it, started learning about private money and private loans on like a really simplified basis. Simplicity matters a lot and started learning about it and ended up buying it. But I mean, I looked at it as like, if I want to be a millionaire, I just have to buy it. How, how do I buy it? How do I never lose it? Well, how do I buy it? You got to figure out the money down. You got to figure out the debt. And it's, it's really you, the order is deal, then debt and equity. And so I found the deal and then the debt was through the seller. And then the equity was actually just more debt. It was a second level of debt. I had a first lien with the seller, a second lien with the uh, private money lender and closed out the deal. And it cash flowed a little over 800 bucks a month. They won. When I first bought it, I went on some podcasts and I said it cash flowed over a thousand bucks, but quickly realized there's some maintenance items that popped up. And so that knocked out some cash flow, but live and learn. 
Well, I mean, even even your cash flow is zero, that's still a great deal, right? That means you're getting the building basically for free, right? Yeah, I mean, if you can figure out how to buy a whole bunch of real estate and you can structure your debt where it just pays itself off over time, you'll wake up one day wealthier than you are today. But it's just it's really important to make sure that you do have cash flow, you can service your debts because you don't want to borrow money that you can't afford to pay off. Right, right. And you just state the deal in a extremely simple way. Um, that's diving a little on the uh, seller. Um, how's the uh, condition of the seller and how's the conversation that you get into the seller? And, and you are the agent, right? So you are talking to the seller directly. I was talking to the agent on that one because that one was listed. So I went through another okay. agent. Um, I was representing myself, but they had a contract with another broker to represent them. And it's really important not to go around the other agent in that right. business. Right. It's just, it's a bad practice and right. you can get in a lot of trouble, especially if you're another agent. So I just worked through the other agent, asked what they were looking for, wrote it up. And originally they wanted 20% down. I said, I can't do that. Can we do 15? And they said, yeah. And got through negotiations and renegotiated it back down to 10% down which helped me out a lot because I wanted as much as I could get from the the seller because the seller was financing a 6% interest. So I was borrowing the money for the down payment at 12% and I was like, okay, I don't want to negotiate the 12 down to 11. I'd rather just get more 6% money from the seller. And yeah, exactly. I was able to, to negotiate them to give me more money. They gave me a 30 year loan, no balloon. So it's going to pay itself off like a wow. house. Why would the seller do that? Uh, they didn't want to worry about the, the actual management of that. And they were in a, a partnership that they were trying to get out of. So basically what they did is they annuitized their investment. And so they just basically created a 30 year payment plan where I just pay them off over 30 years. They're going to get 6,078 bucks a month for the rest of their life. Cause they were 36 at that time. So I, I mean, they'll get payments until 36 66. years old. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I thought people in that age would still trying to scale up. Um, Sometimes. Would, yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. So, um, can you get into a little conversations on how, um, basically you, sorry. I'm sorry, Cody. I just cut off. You can probably hear it, right? No, you're good. You're good. Okay, I got sorry, a cat that... that I'm messing with because my cat keeps jumping on the table. So that happened. <laughs> sorry about We're that. We're taking the guests on an adventure in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got kid crying in the background. Well, um, one thing I'm, I'm curious about is how, how did you convince the seller to do seller finance, especially through the agent, right? Because most agents would one. not be. Yeah, go on, please. Well, I mean, that one was really easy because it was listed as owner financeable. Oh, and a lot of the deals I bought that have been on the market have not been listed with owner financing. So I've had to negotiate those. In the beginning, it was really easy. The first deal was just sitting there. Got it. And that was sitting in a very competitive market where everyone was like, I can't find good deals. I was like, well, these deals are sitting there. Well, it can't be that good because it's been on the market forever. I'm like, well, have you looked at it? And they're like, no. Oh, Okay. So I just looked at deals that were just sitting there. I was like, okay, no one else wants to buy it. Let's find a way to make it work. 
because having the track record of owning real estate, cash flowing positive, making income is worth more to me, even if it's not a unicorn deal, than not having bought that real estate. And so I just want to figure out how do I buy it, deal that equity, and then how do I never lose it, which is long-term fixed rate debt, cash flow, and if, if you're in a position where you can do this, liquidity. I've never kept liquidity. I'm doing a cash out refi on my um, 38 plex right now should close on Tuesday just so that I can finally say I have a little bit of liquidity, but wow. it's been th a three year adventure to get there. To get some liquidity, right? Yeah, wow. I've never had it. So, uh, but back to the actual conversations when I've had to do it through brokers that uh, like I, I have a script and I got this from Grant Cardone and some people are for the guy. Some people aren't. Some people like Jordan Belfort more, some don't. I choose to get the best pieces from everybody's story and everybody's business model and use it to create my own. And so one of the questions that I got from Cardone's training was, how's the bank going to look at this? Mm -hmm. And there have been some deals where the bank isn't going to look at it well at all because they did so, like they expensed so many things. There's no net income. No bank is going to give that property owner money. They can't mm -hmm. refinance. They own it outright, but the net income, like they wrote it down to almost zero. And some of them have had negative net incomes. I mean, they lose money even though they're paid off. Right. And so I'm just like, hey, how's the bank going to look at this? Well, you're probably not going to be able to get a bank loan. It's like, okay, well, I can't write you a check for this. I'm, I don't have. Now that big pockets. So how can we make wow. this thing work? Would you guys be open to holding the contract? And they're like, yeah, I could hold the contract. Even though they never listed it with that. Mm -hmm. And I, I bought a deal that was like that. It was on the market since I was eight years old. I bought it when I was 21. It was on the market for 13 years off and on. Nobody wanted to buy it and they never changed their price. It was $2 million, 38 units, negative cap rate on acquisition. It was losing money and they owned it outright. It was crazy. Uh, no banks didn't give them a loan on that. They've been losing money for so long. So I went in and got them to hold the contract. And everyone said I overpaid. I gave them list price. Nine months after it appraised for 75% more than I paid for it. So when you're doing deals, basically two things. One is price, the other is term, right? When you yep. are, when the seller wants price, you give them the price, but you will decide the term. And that's yep. how, how you have been able to establish the success, right? Communication is certainly a big piece here. Um, what else can you share about um, the script and the approaches um, to, I mean, I mean, especially in, in the today's market, right? Are you are you still able to find those deal that you know fit your criteria like that? All the time. Just bought two buildings this month. One was the resort. One was a property next to the resort. Both were seller finance. Both were both were listed on the market for an extended period of time. And both I bought with actually zero dollars out of out of my personal bank account. Now I was able to pull the money because of the the stuff that I've built. Elsewhere, I built a lot of business relationships. So I call someone up and I, I get a check now. Didn't used to be that way, but as far as the deals go, they're everywhere. And I feel like most people are wearing these blinders right now so they can't see them, but these deals sit on the market in every market 
I've seen this done in California, Texas, Arizona. It you could do this in really hot areas as far as the real estate market goes. And I'm, I'm just doing it in Washington right now. But the deals are everywhere. And the approach is to stop just worrying about the price. If you get a, a long enough term on your seller finance note, price is irrelevant. It just determines how long it takes to pay it off. And there's some people out there that say, well, price determines cash flow. Like, nope, it doesn't. Totally. You want more cash flow, put more money down, mm-hmm. you know, borrow less money, increase the income, decrease expenses, or borrow cheaper money. Like those are the options. You can put more money down or you can optimize the systems. You could borrow cheaper debt. And in seller financing, it's all negotiable. So the price is actually irrelevant. And some people have said, oh, you're not very smart for doing that. I'm like, well, how much real estate have you bought that cash flows? Because if you can buy it and you can hold it forever, you're set. You just got to look at it from a different lens and be comfortable trading dollars for assets. Wow. So it sounds like you have you have a different lens than the uh, most of the people, right? You'll, you'll be able to look at deals in many different ways because you know there are other ways that you can structure the deals to make sure it makes sense. Right? Yep. Um, what is your ultimate goal? I mean, you're going to keep buying, but what's your ultimate goal? Well, right now, I mean, that you've got, well, I have short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. You know, there's some plants that, will grow in a week, some plants that take years, some plants, some trees will take decades. And so I'm planting a lot of different seeds right now, but my five-year goal is to pay off the whole portfolio that I own today with Christian, my business partner and myself. Before I partnered with Christian, I had 30 apartments. Then we partnered and took it to the next level, got over a hundred and bought the resort all without syndicating. The stuff that I own with Christian, we will have paid off, no investors, nothing, um, no loans in five years or less. So that is the immediate target. Meanwhile, we'll keep buying, but the goal is to have our base solidified and then keep building with non-recourse debt so that if that goes wrong, that doesn't tank what we've built. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Cody, um, I do want to be respectful to your time. So that's uh, talk about um, the challenge, right? If, if there there is someone, say, 17 years old or 19 years old, just get out of college or just get out of high school, right? Um, what and, and, and you serving as a, as, as a coach, right? What yeah. would you be generating, you know, in terms of the action plan for this person to take? Yeah, if you want to get to, let's just say you want to get to a million dollars. Million dollars, millionaire is the target of... Uh, a lot of people in this age demographic, and it doesn't actually take as long as you think. It took me, and I'm going to just give a little outline. It's good to know your negotiation play field, know what the actual boundaries are. The goalposts can shift, but it's good to know what to aim for. And so it took me two years in the real estate space to become a millionaire. And then I was able to triple that in the last year. Just so. One year. Wow. So you can grow a lot faster. Like 14 months ago, um, I, I'm, I'm not even three years into my journey right now. I want to put that out there. But 14 months ago, I was looking at some of my PFSs because I tried to get a bank loan and failed. 
I was at 440,000. It had taken about two years, um, just shy of two years to get to 440 and have 8x that in the last 14 months. So it gets progressively easier as you build. Uh, but in order to actually hit your goal, you got to set the target first. If you want to get to a million dollars, do the math behind it. And you could, let's say you bought a property and if you got no resources, you're going to have to borrow a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's legit. You got to borrow a lot of money if you don't have any money or you got to go earn it or you got to go collect it from other people. I try to either earn it or borrow it in the beginning because I don't want to collect other people's money if I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So you borrow the money. Let's say you go buy a, a piece of real estate for a million dollars. You put zero money down. My thing is, okay, if, if we can get it for a million, how do I get that to be worth a million four? So I've got an equity position that's paying me cash flow. Right. And valuation, the nice thing about value in commercial real estate is it's it's based on the income that it produces. And if you do the math and you're like, okay, I, I want to increase the valuation by a million dollars on any asset. Could be a 12plex, could be a million dollar purchase, $2 million purchase. It's not probably going to be on the house. But on the commercial space, if you want to increase the valuation on anything you buy by a million dollars to get that million dollar net worth, become a millionaire in equity. If you're in a 6% cap rate market, meaning everybody that buys real estate expects to earn 6% on their money, then all you have to do is work backwards. And you're like, okay, million dollars times 0.06 is $60,000 of new net income. $60,000 a year in new net income divided by 12 months is 5,000 a month. So you just have to figure out how to get 5,000 a month in new net operating income and you make a million dollars in equity. You can add That's on it. top of the current operate, operating income, right? Yep. And the reason that will work consistently, now different markets have different expected returns, but the reason it works consistently is investors buy, buy investments. And if it makes more money, it's worth more money to the next person. Right, right. Interesting. So <clears throat> for, for someone just started, you would you would want them to do the calculation first. Calculate backward. I'd, yep. If you want to, you know, get good at math. Mm-hmm. I'd also prioritize learning how to communicate. Most people know their story. Very few know how to communicate it. And so if you can learn how to communicate, how to interact with others. Three years ago, I didn't know how to talk to anybody. Super big introvert. Didn't know how to communicate. Didn't know how to connect. Super awkward. I had to learn how to communicate to make this thing work. And so I would prioritize that, whatever it takes. If you got to... You know, I studied from a few people. Jordan Belfort was one of them for communication skills. Chris Voss, hostage negotiation. Uh, I've studied from him. And, you know, if it's just watching YouTube videos before you have a little budget for it, if you can learn how to connect with others, that'll help you grow faster than other people. And then the last piece, as far as, you know, do the math, you know, focus on buying real estate. That's cool. But go meet with people that have done what you want to do. If you can just go meet with people that have accomplished what you want to accomplish, and this is super simple. That's why this stuff works. It is actually more simple than most people make it out to be. You have to figure out how to get in the room, share your goals so that they want to work with you. And the reason why you're doing what you're doing will determine how far and how much of a helping hand they'll give you. And so just go connect with people that have done what you want to do. 
and learn as much as you can and then keep on being intentional so that you can scale up and grow. Cody, I have to be honest here. I've been taking a lot of notes. Um, I learned already a lot from you. Um, so what I hear is first get math um, yep. straight, right? Learn how to do math. And second, basically learn how to communicate, basically yep. education, right? And third is people, right? Networking, know the people who have done, you know, the thing that you already want to do and share the goal with them, you know, get into a room with them and see what help you will get. Yep. If you can do math, you can effectively communicate and you can go meet with people that have done what you want to do on a consistent basis. It's very hard not to grow. And the story will always be worth more than the real estate. The relationship will always be worth more than the real estate. And those who flip that script and they say the real estate's worth more than the relationship or the story usually get lost. So I set out your priorities, set out your principles. If you can get good at math, and by the way, you can get good at math. I don't care if you're a math person or not. You can get better at it than you are today. And if you know that and you, you just accept that as a fact, you will enable yourself to get better. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to do it in your head, but you, if you understand how to do it, and then you can communicate where you're at, where you want to go, what changes when you get there, your odds of success go way up. Awesome. Awesome. Cody, I think you have just turned this challenge into uh, something that's applicable to almost everybody, right? I think I, I, I don't know if this is your, this is a, the principle that you solidify, you know, over, over the, your journey or not, but um, you know, those seems to be, it, are, are, are those still the principle that you live by or you're thinking about something else to help you scale up even further? I, I've got a lot of principles. Sorry if there's some background noise. It sounds like people, I'm, I'm above the resort. People are drilling down there. But, no uh, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of principles that I don't violate. Like, just simple ones I put on the YouTube channel. Like I don't raise money for other people. Uh, like that's just one of them. And then there's little pieces of data that I, I grab onto. Like just because it makes money doesn't mean it makes sense. Uh, I can't do a good deal with a bad partner, meaning that you know you could have the best unicorn opportunity, but if it's done with the wrong person, it won't work, right? As you expect it to. And so I have a lot of those that I've published online, but the main one is just keep it so simple. No one believes it's how you actually did it. I've done a bunch of stuff and I've got way more stuff to go do. Like I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. However, the stuff that I've done that I put online, there's some people out there that don't think it's how I actually did it because I kept it so simple. Like I find they don't believe it. Most of all my deals on Google maps, I just call them up, try and book coffee, learn how they got to where they're at. The, the million dollars I need for the Robin Hood, I got over a coffee meeting. Like the, It's just so simple and no one believes it's how it is. But if you can simplify your existence, it becomes repeatable. And when it becomes repeatable, it is much more valuable because the story can be applied to many, many more people. And that that's what really matters. Awesome. Cody, um, have, have you been uh, seeing a lot of people coming to you to uh, seek help and 
what have you done to those people or what advice do yeah, you have for yeah, them in the, general? Yeah, I, I've connected with people that are in their teens, as, as old as in their 60s and 70s. And some people just need information. Some people need advice. Some people need mentorship. There's different points in people's lives where they just need different things. And so when people want um, just general info or advice, like I say, we could go to YouTube and then text me. I put my phone number on the YouTube page. It's how to find any property owner ever. They can just text me when they have questions. If they need actual advice or, or mentorship, then we created an online platform where we meet three times a week. That's the multifamilystrategy.com. But it's all so simple. And the application is worth more than the information. Information is accessible to everybody online for free. You don't have to pay for info. I created a course because so many people asked for it, but it's also a lot of it is just on the, the YouTube page. The actual application, meeting with people that have done stuff you want to do, that is what takes most people to the next level. It's not just getting a new data point. It's just a different perspective when it's actually live. Mm -hmm. So those are options for folks, but the main thing is I just tell people to go meet with folks who have done what they want to do. Some people want to play multifamily. I, I connect with them. If people want to play developer, I'll try and help them find a place that, uh, or a person that does that. But you can be good at anything as long as you don't try to do everything. So I try and help steer people the right direction. What, uh, why did you choose multifamily? Right. That was readily available. I, oh, there was I more multifamily deals and they made more money than single family development. I mean, developers are the richest people on planet earth till they're not. So I couldn't negative cash flow a development project that just wasn't feasible. Flipping was a super congested, saturated market. So that didn't make sense. And there's multifamily deals just sitting on the market. So it created an opportunity to get creative. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got brought into commercial real estate. Um, have you ever think about re residential before you got into your first deal? Well, I originally wanted to buy a duplex at 21. I actually made a mentorship post. I was looking for a mentor when I was uh, 18 at the time on a Facebook group. And I, my stated goal was I want to buy a, a duplex at 21 years old. That was it. So wow. ended up skipping that, went to 12, but um, that was what I wanted to do. That's a good surprise. It worked. Awesome, Cody. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, if you want to follow the journey, I have a shirt that says I'm Cody doing Cody things. So I made an Instagram. It's at doing Cody things. The YouTube page is Cody and Christian multifamily strategy. If you just Google Cody Davis real estate, it'll pop up. Awesome. Cody, you have mentioned a couple of books already uh, or a couple of people to follow already. Um, one general question I will ask everybody is the recommended book. What would you recommend De people to read? Deals on Wheels by Lonnie Scruggs is a good one. Okay. Awesome. Um, Cody, I really appreciate your time. Um, today, I believe within a very short period of time, you have already shared a lot of information and knowledge and even wisdom behind it. Um, wish you all the best. And if uh, in the near future, when you get uh, much bigger success, um, you're always welcome to come back. Thank you. Cody, I appreciate you. Um,
And please tune in if you have questions to Cody, follow him. Uh, he said he has the number um, on his social media. So reach out, right? Ask question and take action. Have a good day.